0: Welcome to the podcast of Broadway Baptist Church in Lexington, Kentucky, and the preaching of Pastor Daniel Othman, a biblical church centered on Christ. It's good to see everybody here. Now, now just to clarify something, because the preacher has done started a bunch of rumors. I've already had people asking to borrow money from me, how much money did I win, all that kind of stuff. So I did not bet anything, just so you know, so there's no miscommunication. I did pick the winning horse today in the race, did I not? So, amen. I did, didn't I? So, but I'm not a betting man. He was right there. He took chairman of the Deacons. He let you know. <laughs> so, appreciate the tour that you gave us today. That was awesome. Uh, let me ask you a question real quick. Has anybody in here ever been run over by a car before? Raise your hand. Re- Two, three, four. what? What is going on in here? <laughs> There's six people in here been run over by cars. Do y'all got somebody loose in Lexington just like <laughs> some serial car runner over, par people? What is up with that? Beecher, you've been run over too. Foot don't count. <laughs> foot, foot don't count. All right, well, let's do a recount. All right, I'm not talking about has a car on your foot. I'm talking about has 2,500 pounds of steel gone over the top of your body. Who's still in it with me now? We got, I got one here. Oh, now he raised up. He didn't raise up his hand the first time. All right, set. There's two, three. Are y'all serious? I, I'm telling you what right now. I'm not moving to Lexington. I don't, I don't care what kind of job I got. I would not move to Lexington. If you're thinking about moving to Lexington, don't do it. Because... Uh, if you do, you better wear a helmet everywhere you go. <laughs> now, but I've been run over before. Uh, my best friend, when he ran over me, uh, well, he wasn't my best friend after that. But but what happened was I had moved from Texas down to Mobile, Alabama to finish up college down there. And when I moved down there, it was, you know, I pulled a U-Haul trailer all the way from Texas down there. and. It was late at night, unpacked, unloaded, and all that kind of stuff, and I was tired. I was ready to go to bed. And my best friend at the time, his name is Barry Banks. And he's one of these guys, he's gonna keep on and on and on until you do what he wants you to do, you know? And so he just kept on, hey man, we gotta see the campus. We gotta go see it tonight. We gotta see the campus tonight. We gotta see, it. just kept on and on. Finally, just to get him to be quiet, I said, okay, fine. So we're gonna see the campus. It's about midnight, all right? So we see the athletic facilities, we see the dorms, we see the quad, we see all that. And uh, so I was like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna go to bed. He goes, no, no, no. He said, there's one more thing you gotta go see. I said, what, Barry? He said, we gotta go see Cry Baby Bridge. I said, Barry, what in the world is Cry Baby Bridge? He said, you never heard of Cry Baby Bridge before? I said, Barry, I'm from Texas. How am I gonna know about Cry Baby Bridge all the way down to Mobile, Alabama? Hey, no joke, by the way. Two weeks ago, I was uh, in a church in uh, South Texas, and a guy goes, "Hey, I, I know where you're talking about." He said, "When I was a kid, we used to put uh, powder <laughs> at the end of the bridge and see if this raccoon would come down there." He said all the time, "He said I know exactly what you're talking about." So anyway, so uh, that'll make sense in just a second. Just trust me. So he said, uh, "He said we gotta go see Crybaby." I said, "Barry, what's Crybaby Bridge?" He said, "Well, let me tell you the story." He said, see in front of the campus right here. He said, see that road? I said, yep. He said, two miles down that road, there's a bridge. And he said, legend goes, one night, there was this lady driving her car across the bridge. And there was, she had her baby in the front seat. That's when babies could ride in the front seat back then. And he said, and she ran off the bridge into the river, and later on, she was found dead. But the baby never was found. And legend goes... When you're on the bridge at midnight and the moon is full, he said, like it is tonight. He said, if, if you're real quiet, you can hear a baby crying in the woods. He said, and if you put a candy bar at the end of the bridge and come back about 15 minutes later, the candy bar is gone. Now, you and I both know why. There's a smart raccoon to the other end of the bridge. <laughs> and every time somebody does that, the little raccoon is getting up there, and he's eating my baby Ruth and, like, these stupid people. He's eating. With... So Barry is driving his car, all right, and I'm riding a passenger seat. we got about three other college students in the back seat. So we get on the bridge. Now, we can see a mile in front of us. We can see two miles behind us. Don't ever do anything like this, by the way, college students. Y'all, y'all don't do nothing like this. All right. So he Gets his car, I mean, it's midnight, nobody's out there, we're out in the middle of nowhere. He gets the car, stops on the bridge, kills his car, rolls down all the windows, and turns all the lights off, and starts making this noise like this. And then I start making this noise like this. Well, the girls in the back seat start freaking out. They start hitting Barry in the back head. Get out of the bridge. Get out of the bridge. So Barry starts his car. and pulls across the bridge. I said, Barry, stop your car. He said, what? I said, I don't want to drive your car. He had a brand new red Firebird. And he said, okay. So he stops the car. I get out, open my door. i go to walk around the other side. And Barry, who is the biggest idiot in the whole world, thinks he's going to be funny and leave me out in the middle of nowhere. Now, y'all got to understand something, okay? I'm a country boy. Uh, I've gone coon hunting in the middle of the night in, in the swamps, kicking coons out of trees. I've been hog hunting in the middle of the night, all that kind of stuff. That didn't bother me being out in the woods in the, middle, in the dark in the middle of the night. My deal was I was tired. I was ready to go to bed. And so Barry takes off in the car. My door wide open. He's going about 5, 10 miles an hour. Well, me, being the bigger it than Barry is, I run and jump in the car. I get my left foot on the floorboard, this hand's on the roof, this is holding the windshield, this other foot's just dragging like this right here. And then Barry gets this like demon-possessed look on his face, and he looks over at me and goes, (laughs) and speeds up. He goes from 5, 10, 20, 30, 40 miles an hour. I'm going, Barry, stop the car. I'm not playing. I'm not playing. By this time, my left foot slipped on the floor mat. I hit the pavement at 40 miles an hour this was the first thing that hit the pavement this gashed open this was hanging down scraped the whole side of my face now i'm rolling at 40 okay like that now i don't know if you've ever had anything where it's happening fast but it seems like it's slow motion so i'm rolling at 40 but this is the way it seems to me it seems like this and i look up and as clear as you see that ceiling i can see that muffler Underneath the car. You know what my first thought was? Dude, I am underneath this car. I, I make another rotation. <laughs> About this time, the right back tire, he runs over my right leg right here. No, I, I take that back. He peels out over my right leg. I, I, it was like, a, I was like a human speed bump, just like, boom, like that, you know? And so I, I slow down, and, and I stop because I hit a fence post. I'm laying in the ditch. Weeds all up around me, trash everywhere. He stops the car, comes up to me, no joke. First thing he says, you okay? I said, dude, do I look okay? My eyeball is about to fall out of my head. No, I'm not okay. Second thing he said, this is end our friendship right there. He said, um, hey, um, you're not going to sue me, are you? I said, get out of my face. I get up. I'm bleeding everywhere, blood squirting out my elbows, my legs all messed up. I hobble over to the back seat of his car. I lean and get in the back seat of his car. I'm bleeding all over his car. I was glad. I was like, you're going to run on me? I'm bleeding on your brand new car, and you're not going to be able to get that out. And so then they take me to Spring Hill Memorial Hospital. Now it's about 12, 30, 1 o'clock in the morning. Have any of y'all been in the emergency room, 12, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning? Anybody? What, what are you people doing there? There, there were like 50 people in front of me. One person had some blood. I hobbled over to him. I said, hey, dude, what happened to you? He said, I got shot. I said, oh, dude, you need to be in here. He goes, I know. He said, what happened to you? I said, dude ran over me. He said, you need to be I said, I know. And then all these other people were like with headaches. I'm like, hey, you got a headache? Take two time. I'll come back tomorrow. It'll be fine. <laughs> but but they're holding up the line. so all these people. Hey, but all of you been in the emergency room, one, two o'clock in the morning. What's the first thing you got to go do when you go in the mercy room? Before anything ha- happens, first thing you got to do? Paperwork, right? I'm not talking about a sheet of paper. I'm talking about a stack of papers. I'm thinking as I'm filling out all these stacks of paper, I'm thinking, what do dead people do when they come in here? What, what do they do? Do they just stick a pen in their hand and go, okay, doc, clear? I mean, what do they do? And then, and then on these forms, they ask you a bunch of dumb questions. Like in case of emergency, notify. I put on my form a doctor, <laughs> phone number 911. Don't be asking me something like this. Dude just ran over me. I need somebody to look at my eyeball. Now, here's the thing I hope none of you ever experienced anything like that. But I'm going to just tell you something. That night, I thought I was going to die. I mean, you know, you hear these little cliches. Uh, the, oh, before you die. Oh, your life flashes before your eyes. Oh, you see a little light at the end of the tunnel. Pfft, rain on that. You want to tell you what I saw? I saw a license plate. That's what I saw. I didn't see my life flash before my eyes. I didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel. I saw a bumper. That's what I saw. So I'm going to just tell you this. I thought I was going to die. You said, why did you think I was gonna, you are going to die? Because I'm going to tell you why. I've seen a lot of things going underneath the car before, but I have seen very few things come out. Okay, the only thing I've seen has been able to pull this off is a squirrel. Think about it. A car can be going 7 0 down the interstate. A squirrel can run into that car, break dance, do three seats, come back the same side, nothing wrong with him. I knew I was bigger than a squirrel. I was about to get messed up. Now, here's the deal. I want you to know this we got a lot of different people here tonight. But we have one thing in common. Whether you like it or not, everybody in here, whether you like it or not, we are all 100%. We're guaranteed going to die one day, and there's nothing you can do about it. And the question is, when you die, where are you going to spend eternity? The Bible says it's one of two places. Whether you have a Catholic Bible or a Protestant Bible, what I'm preaching is in your Bible. And here's what the Bible says. I want you to know this. The Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, That whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. I want you to know tonight that God loves you and God cares about you. And there are some here tonight you feel like that nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. I want you to know God loves you and God cares about you. When I was uh, in college my freshman year, a professor tells a story. Something happened one time. He said there was a, a classroom, it was a, you know how when your classroom sometimes is in those amphitheater type settings, kind of half semicircle deal. He said there was a classroom like that, there's about 300 students in that classroom. And so they're all in desk and all in rows and they go all the way up to the top of the room. Professor walked in one day and he did something that everybody, every student hates to hear. He said, we're having a time test today. He said, everybody put your stuff up, passed out all the tests. He said, all right, everybody, you got one hour to take this test. So everybody began panicking and stuff and starting to take the test. While they were doing that, the professor walked over to his desk, opened up his briefcase, started working on some stuff. Well, hour rocks along. It's done. He looks at his wife says, okay, everybody, stop. Put your pencil down. Stack your tests on top of my desk right here. So 300 students all over the classroom began filing down, stacking their tests on top of the desk, except one guy. There was one guy at the very center, at the very top of the room, just kept writing away. The professor thought, this, this guy is so into this test that he didn't even hear what I said. So he thought, I'll say it loud this time so he can hear. So he said, uh, the test is over. Stop. Put your pencil down. Turn your test now on to top of my desk. The student just kept writing away. It hacked the professor off because he knew he heard him that time. He said, if you don't stop, put that pencil down, you're going to get an F on the test. He kept writing away just getting in as many answers as he could. He said, fine, you're getting an F on the test. So he walked back over to his desk, started putting his things back in his briefcase, closed it up. Finally, the student finished. The student walked all the way down the steps. He walked right up to the professor. He looked the professor square in the eye. He said, sir, do you know who I am? professor said, son, i got 300 students in this classroom. Besides, I teach four other classes exactly like this. I don't think so. He said, good. Turned around, walked over a stack of tests, (laughs) lifted them up halfway, put his test in there, put them down, turned around and walked out. (laughs) So he got away with getting half F on the test because the professor didn't have a clue who he was. Hey, I want you to know tonight, God knows who you are. The Bible says he has every hair on your head numbered. The Bible says he created you in your mother's womb. He knit you. That's how much he loves you. That's how much he cares about you. He designed you. He created you. And the whole reason that he created you was for a love relationship with him. Because he cares about you that much. So I don't want you to think nobody loves you. Nobody cares about you. That's a lie from the enemy. God loves you. God cares about you. But there's a problem. And here's what the Bible says. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Do you know what that means? That means everybody, we've all messed up. We've all sinned. Nobody's better than anybody else. Everybody in here. From the preacher who starts rumors and lies and stuff. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) To Every single person, to the deacons, to Sunday school teachers, to members, everybody. We, preacher, we have all sinned, every single one of us. He said, but Mr. Ronnie, I ain't sinned that bad. I'm pretty good. I do a lot of good things for people. I'm so glad you do. But let me just say something. You're a sinner. Because we've all sinned. And I don't know why I started slipping into that. I'm sorry. It just comes out sometimes. I start talking like Adam Sandler or somebody. I don't even know where it comes from. (laughs) But we've all sinned, and here's the deal. And You say, no, I haven't. Okay, can we get an agreement on this? In in the Bible, there are hundreds of commandments, right, of things we're supposed to do and things we're not supposed to do, right? All right, let's just focus on the Big Ten. Y'all know the Big Ten commandments, right? Right? One of them is don't kill nobody. You say, see, Mr. Ronnie, I ain't killed nobody. Hey, if you ain't killed nobody, pat yourself on the back right now. Just pat yourself. There's not very many people patting themselves. Okay, all of these people, you can sit around them. These people over here, you can keep your eyes open when we pray next time. Because there's a bunch of killers sitting right over here. (laughs) No, hey, you said, but see, I Mr. I, see, I told you I haven't done stuff bad. I haven't killed nobody. Hey, watch this. I'm about to bust every guy in here because every guy in here busts one of these Ten Commandments every day. You say, no, we don't. Yes, you do. Y'all ready for this? Y'all ready for one of the big Ten Commandments that every guy in here busts every day? Here it is. Do not commit adultery. <laughs> I wish y'all could see what I see. <laughs> that little junior high dude looking at high school dude. Psst. Hey dude, what what's adultery? <laughs> high school dude looking back, <laughs> dude. Don't look at me. I don't know how he's gonna pin this adultery thing on me. Dude, I even got a girlfriend. How am I gonna commit adultery? Hey, what did Jesus say? Jesus said, if you look at a woman lustfully, you commit adultery in your heart already. Bam, 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 bam. All the girls in here are going, that's right. <laughs> Priests and those dirty, nasty boys and those dirty old men always looking at me and lusting after me. Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. Hey, girls, you sin too. Don't act like you don't. You go, oh, no, Mr. Ronnie, I am not like those dirty, nasty boys. Okay, watch this. One of the sins you commit every day. Y'all ready for this? Do not lie to nobody. Bam, bam, bam. Bam! Don't don't say. Oh no, I don't like. Oh, girls, hey, you tell me this. Did this or did this not take place? Your girlfriend goes shopping at the mall without you. She's all fired up. She finds something fifty percent off. She starts texting you. Oh, I guess it's fifty percent off. What do you think? And you said, Oh yeah, that's pretty. Uh, What color should I get? Oh, should I get the blue? Should I get the fuchsia? I don't even know what color fuchsia is. I heard a girl say it one time. I don't even know what color it is. She said, oh, oh, yeah, get that fuchsia. (laughs) So she gets it. She comes back. She looks, oh, here here it is. What do you think? And you go, oh, girl, you look so pretty in it. And you are lying through your teeth because she looks dog ugly in it. That's a sin. Don't be acting like you don't do that. You know you do. Now here, Here's the deal. The Bible says we've all sinned. And you know what happens as a result of our sin? Whether it's a lie, whether it's committing adultery, whether it's lusting, whether it's uh, an attitude, bitterness, anger, gossip. No matter what it is. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. That means because we've sinned, we deserve to die and spend eternity separated from God forever. That's some bad news, isn't it? I'm going to tell you something. The the Bible talks about this, is that ever since Adam and Eve sinned the garden, we have become enemies of God. Enemies of God. But because of his incredible love for us, that verse goes on and says this in Romans 6.23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. Do you see that? But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. That is the only way that we can have eternal life. That is the only way that we can go to heaven. It's through Christ. There is no other way. It's not being good enough. It's not going to church enough. It's not helping up enough people, doing enough good deeds in the community, feeding enough people. That does not take away sin. Those are all good things. It does not take away your sin. The only Because we have sinned against a holy, righteous God. And the only way that sin could be wiped out was his son Jesus left heaven, came down this earth, died on the cross to pay for your sin and my sin. And if we admit that he did that, not only did he die on the cross, he was buried and he rose again. If we admit it, we repent of it and turn from our sin, he will save us and change us forever. And if that's never taken place before, you can have that happen tonight. Right where you're seated. You say, Ronnie, so you mean God will forgive me of everything I've ever done? Yes, he will. You mean he'll come and live in me? Yes, he will. Will he ever leave me? No, he will not. There's a lot of people who leave us. He says he will never leave you. You say, well, I just think, you know, that's a good thing and stuff. But I just think, Jesus, you know, I think he's just one of the ways. I think there's a lot of ways to heaven. Okay, once again, in the Bible, whether you have a Catholic Bible or Protestant Bible, Jesus said in John 14, 6, he said, I am the way. He didn't say I'm a way. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. He said, the only way that we can get to heaven is through him. There is no other way. say, well, real, but Ronnie, just the Bible, I I don't know if I want to bank everything on what the Bible says. Hey, you know what? Jesus, um, when he was here and he died on the cross, here's the deal about that. You say, well, I don't believe the Bible. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I can put the Bible down and I can prove Jesus was here. They died on the cross without even using the Bible. You say, how can you do that? Uh, Because there were historians that lived during Jesus' time Uh, And these historians, they wrote about Jesus' crucifixion. They wrote about his death, his resurrection. They were not even Christians. They were just historians. Pliny the Younger, Tacitus, Serenius, Josephus, and I can go on and on and name one after another after another, that they wrote about him. So Jesus was here. That's not an issue. That's not a, like, you cannot debate that. You cannot logically say anything against that. He was here. What you have to decide is, is he God? That's why they crucified him. He said he is God. He said he's the only way. That's why they put him on the cross. And I want you to know this. That Jesus that died for you and me, he wants to forgive your sins. He wants to come live in you and change you forever. You say, so what's that mean? Here's what I'm going to do in just a minute. If you've never done that before and you want to, I'm going to give you an opportunity to pray and invite Christ to come to your life and let him change your life tonight. You say, how? I'm going to pray a prayer, and it's going to go like this. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I've messed up. I want to ask you to forgive me my sins. and, God, I turn from my sins, and I invite you into my life to be my boss and Lord and Savior. And he will save you and change your life tonight. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to be straight up with you. Once you do that, do you know what the Bible says that you're supposed to do? You're just supposed to follow through and be scripturally baptized to identify with him. It's just like if you're going to get married. uh, You get married in front of all your family and friends, you put a ring on to let everybody know, hey, I'm committing my life to this person for the rest of my life. Girls, you know, none of you want to say, no, I don't want a ring. No, it's okay. I don't need a ring. No, you want a honking rock. That's what you want. And you want to be able to go. Matter of fact, some of you want to pick it out. You don't even want him to pick it out because he'll mess it up. And so you won't pick it out, you won't go, no, look, everybody, y'all see this? I'm getting married. When y'all put on Instagram and all that kind of stuff, man, or TikTok, whatever, that's the first thing y'all do. Y'all like, <laughs> yeah, he asked, I said yes. That's what you do. When you give your life to Christ, first thing you do, you're the through and be scripture baptized. And some of you, I know some of you are sitting there thinking, oh, Ronnie, I've already been baptized. I was baptized as a baby. I was baptized as a little kid, you know. I heard somebody tell me that this week. I was baptized as a kid and but I really didn't mean it. My parents they told me to do it so I did it. Just cuz they made me do it and so no. You got wet at church is what you did as a baby, as a little kid, whatever. You have to personally when you give your life to Christ, every single person in the Bible that was baptized, it was after they gave their life to Christ and committed their life to follow him. And then it wasn't sprinkled, it wasn't splashed. It was the Greek word for baptize is baptizo, which means to immerse. They were immersed. Why? Because they understood when they took Jesus down from the cross, they buried him in a grave. When you give your life to Christ, you are buried. Your old nature, when you go underwater, your old nature, sin is buried. When you come up out of the water, it's a symbol. You're a new person in Christ, like Jesus rose from the dead. And I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of you in here that you're believers. You've given your life to Christ, but you have not been scripturally baptized since you've done that. And you need to do that tonight. But I'm gonna tell you this: You give your life to Christ tonight, you need to follow through and beScripture baptized. you go, "Oh man, I, that means I can't do this tonight. I can't do that. I'm not. I'm not. This, this all I brought. I don't. I don't clothes. We, we got some for you. Let me just show you something. Oh, hang on just a second. We got you. Pastor brought these for me. We got you some drawers <laughs> to be baptized in. <laughs> this. This is Pastor's idea. This was his joke. <laughs> no, we really got some drawers. We got some big ones. We got big shorts. They can see the tags still on, the brand new. So nobody's business been in these drawers. We got big shorts. We got shirts. We got it all. So there's no excuse. We got towels, so you can fall through and you can be scripture baptized tonight. Can I get an amen on that? All right, so here's what we're going to do. For those of you that can't get baptized yet because you're not saved, because it's not about getting wet, it's about a relationship with Jesus. And as a result of that, you put a ring on it, and you get baptized, let everybody know that you've done that. Okay, so if you've never done that before, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do it right now, to invite Jesus to come into your life, to be your boss, Lord, and Savior. And I'm going to pray that prayer. And if you're willing to admit that you're against God, you're willing to repent and turn from your sins, he'll save you and he'll change your life tonight. Can you do me a favor? Can you give me two minutes? Nobody get up. Nobody leave. Uh, can we bow our heads and close our eyes, please? With heads bowed and eyes closed, you say, Ronnie, I've never done that before, and i like to do that. Then you pray this prayer with me right now, right where you're seated. Just pray this prayer. Dear God, I know I'm a sinner, and I know I've messed up. And I want to ask you to forgive me of my sins. And I turn from my sins, and I invite you into my life to be my boss, my Lord, and my best friend. Thank you for dying on the cross for me, and thank you for saving me, Lord Jesus. Now, with heads bowed and eyes closed, you say, Ronnie, that's me. For the first time in my life, I understood what I was doing. I meant business. Nobody did this for me, not my parents, not my grandparents, nobody, not my mom, dad, nobody. I did this. I just prayed that prayer, and I invited Jesus to come to my life. If you just prayed that prayer with me, would just those of you that prayed that prayer, would you just look up at me right now and let me catch your eyes? Say, Ron, that's me. All right? Okay? Okay? Yes, ma'am. Anybody over here? Say, Ron, that's me. I just did that. Just look up. Let me catch your eyes. This section here. All right? Anybody that's through here? In this section here. All right, in this section here. Yes, sir. You here. Okay, in this section over here. Say, Ryan, that's me. I just did that. All right, well, just those of you that prayed that prayer, just keep looking up just for a second. Just those that prayed the prayer. According to what the Bible says, he's forgiven you of everything you've ever done. And he's come to live in you, and he'll never leave you. You so, say, okay, so what's that mean now? Now you're a Christ follower. When you die, you're going to spend eternity in heaven. You don't have to wonder, guess, hope. It's a done deal because of what Jesus did on the cross for you and me. You say, okay, so what am I supposed to do now? Now your first step is you put a ring on it, and you let everybody know you're a follower of Jesus. And the way we do that is by being scripture baptized, what we just talked about. So you say, well, how do I do that? Here's what we're going to do. In just a second, we're going to stand all over this building with heads bowed and eyes closed. When we stand, I'm going to pray. When I say amen, our worship team is going to sing. Who's coming tonight? Is it Brother David or is it Beecher? Who is it? Beecher? Are you going to go ahead and come on up. When we stand, I pray, I say amen, and they sing. Pastor's going to be standing right here. Pastor, would you go ahead and come on right here? He's going to be standing right here. I'll be standing right over here. You come to me. You come to the pastor. Uh, you come to uh, Brother David. Would you be down here as well? Be on one side over here. You come to Pastor or Brother David or myself. All you have to say is, hey, I prayed that prayer with Ronnie. You say, what are we are going to do? We're going to do this to a person called encourager. Encouragers, will you all keep looking up at me real quick? All of our encouragers. Encouragers, when we stand, I pray. I say amen. You just step out come. stand on this front row right here and right here facing this way. Right up against the front row like you're standing on the front row. And we'll introduce you to those folks, and then you take them out to the side. All right? You said, Ronnie, so w- w- what are we, we going to do when we go back there? We're going to take you to the private uh, changing room. There's a private dressing room that you can, uh, we have the clothes for you. You can pick out your clothes. We've got towels, all that stuff. And you can follow through and be scripturally baptized tonight. If you have, uh, don't have a Bible, we're going to get you a Bible tonight so you can grow and start getting to know God. But we're excited for you, and we want to celebrate with you. So we stand, I pray, I say amen, they sing, you step out and come. And could all of you um, that uh, this week you gave your life to Christ and you're going to get baptized tonight, could y'all look up at me real quick? When we stand, as soon as we stand, you go ahead and come on to me as well, right over here, and we'll introduce those folks, and then take you out and show you where to go to the changing room so y'all go ahead and get ready and start getting ready to get baptized, okay? All right, can you do me a favor? Can you bow your heads and close your eyes? There's one more group of people I want to talk to. And that's those of you that were baptized first as a baby, a kid. Later on, you got saved and you haven't been scripturally baptized yet. Or maybe you were saved uh, Easter and you've never had a chance to follow through and be scripturally baptized. You say, Ronnie, that's me. I have not been scripturally baptized since I've been saved. And, Ryan, would you pray for me that I'll have the courage to take care of that tonight? If that's you with heads bowed and eyes closed... And you would like for me to pray for you about that, would you look up at me right now and let me catch your eyes? If that's you, in this section right here, say, Ron, that's me. Yes, ma'am. Anybody else right here in this section? Over here? Yes, ma'am. Anybody in this section over here? Anybody over here? What about in this section over here? Right through here? Yes, sir. Anybody else through here? Yes, ma'am. Anybody else through here? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. In this section over here? Say, Ron, that's me. All right, in the back, okay? So same thing for you. When we stand, you can just go ahead and come on. We'll show you where the dressing rooms are, private dressing rooms. You can get your clothes, you can find them, pick them out, towels, all that stuff, and you can obey God tonight and walk out of here with peace, knowing that you've obeyed God, okay? Would you do me a favor? Can we all please stand now with heads bowed and eyes closed? As soon as I say amen. You step out and come. And counselors, we need every one of you to come as soon as I say amen. And deacons, Sunday school teachers, I need some women to come too to help, and uh, and our deacons. So as soon as I say amen, you come on. Let's pray. Father, thank you for those that trust the Lord and the Savior. I pray, God, you give them courage and boldness to take a stand for you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As they sing. You come on right now. Come on.